Welcome everyone to another episode of the EQR Native Podcast. Today is a solo episode and I haven't done in a while, so I'm actually excited. I love having guests, but I also like to share my own views on specific challenges. And today I'm going to shed some emotional intelligence light on a recent crisis that the MGM resorts in Las Vegas suffered, which is a ransomware attack. Now here we have a prime example of social engineering at its height. We have its MGM resorts, like many big industries, have a lot of cash flow, have a lot of resources, and they have quite a solid infrastructure and security protocols in place because of the nature of the industry, because of the large amount of consumer data that they have and the customers that come to these resorts. And the gaming industry and these types of resorts are at high risk. Now, and here we have a prime example where a 10-minute phone call tricked an employee from the help desk and caused a massive ripple effect of panic, system shutdowns, and crisis. We don't wish this upon anyone, any business, but these things happen and they will continue to happen unless we tackle social engineering at its core. And this is uh, part of my mission. This is why I designed uh, programs and awareness campaigns and I educate and speak and teach about emotional firewalls, which is a metaphor in helping people empower themselves to reduce the risk significantly for falling to manipulation uh, techniques. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of statistics. I think it's very clear that cybersecurity is, is costing us in the billions and industries all over the world continue to invest uh, in making cyber risk a priority. But we keep talking about these statistics and yet things are getting worse. We keep doing studies, which is important. There are a lot of studies, there are a lot of academic research, there is a lot of expert opinions on what social engineering is. Social engineering in a nutshell is a way that scammers, cyber criminals, or anyone actually who has malicious intent, which means who doesn't have your best interest at heart, tries to manipulate you to act, to do something or unravel something that is in their best interest and not in your best interest. These are manipulation techniques that are taken to another level to prey on people who are either have low levels of emotional self-awareness so they are unaware of their triggers, whether it's fear, stress, anxiety, worry, or people who are highly analytical, highly rational, logical, and highly sequential in their uh, line of work, as we will dive in a bit deeper when we look at the MGM case, where IT employees are doing quite sequential work, which, which causes them to be in a mode of operandus that is very logical, very sequential. So it doesn't necessarily trigger our warning flags, our red flags, our something feels off, or this is not right. 
And they are also under pressure because of the workload, because of the culture, because even perhaps of the leadership. Various factors that come into play where it's clear that our emotions influence and shape our decision-making and thus affect the result of our actions, which in this case caused what happened is a uh, ransomware as a service group. So imagine you have software as a service where you have a software that is delivering a service at scale. In this case, it's ransomware that is the service. So people who want to make money, who want to make bucks, they don't even have to be certified criminals or certified cybersecurity professionals. They can join and they can cause these ransomware attacks at scale and get paid for it. And then the group that claimed this attack, which is also known as Scattered Spider, and uh, they then get a commission on the money received. So what do they teach them is to not necessarily hack systems, but hack people, right? Understand how people's brain work, and it's getting easier and easier. In this case, they went on LinkedIn, they looked up employees, and then they identified as those employees called the help desk, 10-minute conversation, got them access into the system, and then data encrypted. And then panic kicks in because systems are shut down, you need to deal with customers, you need to deal with your employees, you need to deal with brand reputation, you need to deal with the media, there's a lot of assumptions, there's a lot of different dimensions that come into play, which really causes a heightened sense of emotional intensity that then can even exaggerate the crisis, because you also have the negotiation phase if you are negotiating with the cyber criminals. Like I said, it's not fun, and it's definitely not something you want or you expect to happen, but the more you are prepared and the more you simplify what social engineering is and teach people in that map of the world, not necessarily the whole psychology behind it, because put yourself into this help desk employee. I don't, we don't know, at least I don't know who he or she was, but you can imagine a persona that is at the help desk, it does their work. Their work is troubleshooting, helping people get access to their data, to their computer. Now, if someone calls and is in a need of technology access, their job is to give them access by probably following a certain level of protocol. But when takes a little bit of charm, it takes a little bit of chit chatter, it takes a little bit of evoking those positive emotions, or even emotions of fear and stress. Maybe they were distracted, maybe they were doing something else. We are still human beings. We do not operate the same way as computers or AI or machines. Even if you use technology to heighten, strengthen the first line of defense, we still have the human in the loop that keeps that human touch. And humans are rare to trust in this loop. So you can only imagine them that their job is to give access. So they know this, the criminals and the scammers and people who are trained in hacking people's mind. They play on their emotions. And if you're then going to have trainings or talk about large studies about the psychology and how our prefrontal cortex makes rational decisions and how our hippo campus part of the brain triggers the amygdala. It's not necessarily going to register, especially in a time when they are being scammed. 
So you need to teach people in an emotional way so they can feel it in their context and scenario and know what to do when it happens. This is how you actually reduce the human risk, reduce the human service attack to bring in the emotional part. Because then, even when they are, it's not only on a conscious level, through their logic that they recognize it, they also recognize it at an emotional level because they felt it before. This is where emotional firewalls come in. It's an education process to simplify these attacks and talk in people's map of the world. When we look at, again, the MCM case, which is a value $13 billion company brought down or crippled through a 10-minute phone call. This happens and it's not, it can happen to anyone. We need the technology, we need the, the infrastructure, we need many different dimensions to reduce the human surface attack. And we also need to understand emotions and emotional intelligence and build those emotional firewalls, which is not a buzzword, but it's actually a discipline. Emotional intelligence is a research discipline that has been correlated with how people are able to handle their immediate challenges and their immediate stress and performance. Now we take this discipline and we put it in the context of cybersecurity. We are not reinventing the wheel, but we are connecting the dots. And this is what I'm doing based on my 20 years of practitioner experience, having research, having worked with academy and love science. I love the psychology behind it. We need to make it practical. We need to make it practical for employees, live at the one at the help desk. They understand, they develop this emotional self-awareness and they develop the skill set that is triumphs speed, triumphs fear, triumphs complacency, whatever the case may be. This is how you train people in a safe environment. So let's go a little bit deeper first on the foundation of manipulation or social engineering. I highly recommend you to look into the work of Galdini, Cialdini. Now my Italian is a little bit on the lower side today, but he wrote about the six principles of persuasion. And those are the principles that scammers, people who manipulate, even people who do marketing, use them to get people to act based on their emotions or to understand human psychology so they can get them to do something that is not in the employee's best interest, it is not in the organization's best interest, and that is in the best interest of the person who is trying to manipulate you. Influencing, this is where Robert Saldini came in, is to leave people better off. So it is a way of influencing you so you are better off at it as well. There's no malicious intent. This is the main difference between manipulation influence. The two principles here that are worthwhile taking into consideration where he talks about in his work and in his book is like when we like someone, our defense mechanism goes down. When we meet someone for the first time, we ask, who is this? What do they want? Are they a threat? And do I have time? Those are the four questions. And the most important question of those four is, am I a threat? As soon as the scammer or the manipulate, manipulator, whoever is manipulating you to do something that is not in your best interest, 
they want you to not see them as a threat. So your defense mechanism goes on and you're less alert, right? You're more likely to help. Human beings are wired to help. The internet, its foundation, is built on a trust environment. It's not built on a vigilance environment. And this is important to take into consideration. So in this case, again, I, I have not been involved in the notes and bugs. I don't, don't know the context of the employee that actually was at the heart of the social engineering attack. But we can definitely assume that emotional intelligence was at play because they managed to hack his mind in the sense that he gave, he or she, I'm assuming it's a man, I don't know. So that they gave them information that allowed them to enter MGM systems, which caused a ripple effect of consequences that are much larger than just the attack itself. Again, it's internal stakeholders, uh, the employees, how do, you, how do they use pen and paper because systems were down, and especially when they talk, when they look at the hospitality industry, customer is still king because customer satisfaction and customer experience are important. Uh, not everyone has the patience, not everyone has the ability to, to, to wait, especially when people feel stressed. So you can only imagine the pressure these people are under and how they need to navigate to reassure customers, to uh, get, give them access to the services that they provide and that they paid for. So that is one huge pressure. Then you have external stakeholders, which are the customers, which are the law enforcement, which are the media. Nowadays, if you blurb, then it's on Twitter, for example. So it's very fast and there's a lot of assumptions. Media is also about sensation, using sexy buzzwords, or buzzwords that get people excited and you dive into it, and not necessarily understanding the human toll and the human suffering and the human pain it takes to navigate such a severe crisis. And again, here's where emotional firewalls also come in place to develop that individual resilience so people are able to withstand high levels of pressure and stress and make sound decision-making uh, during a short period of time because you cannot go on for, for long. You need to relieve and release. Leadership, here is where leadership is shown. It's not when things are hakuna matata, but uh, when S hits the phone. And then obviously the collective, the organization, how do they stay and stick together to uh, navigate the storm and bounce back stronger. So let's look at a more practical lens of emotional intelligence and how it can play a role in reducing the risk of falling prey to social engineering attacks. Uh, the first element is self-expression and specifically assertiveness. Assertiveness is all about voicing your opinion, voicing your point of view, even if it's an opposition of the group or someone else. So in this case, if we put ourselves in the shoes of the employee at the help desk, his or her or their ability to exercise assertiveness to push back on the employee, because probably I've worked in an IT agency for many years and I've seen and myself, I've been guilty of it as well, when I needed to deliver a project or a product for the big boss that had an urgent deadline and then the computer didn't work. 
we put quite a lot of pressure on these people. Um, if they don't have high levels of assertiveness, to not let it get to them, right? Because they are also in a customer-facing role, internal customer-facing. They are taught to customer skin. They need to restore service as soon as possible. So if they do this all day, and then someone calls who they assume and verify as an employee because they're very skilled at, at impersonation, that, and even and then if they are nice, then they have a change of scenario where someone is actually appreciating them and they are nice. And then they, it is much easier to hack their help desk employee. The first skill is to ask questions and push back to buy time for verification. Another important skill here, emotional intelligence skill, is emotional self-awareness and self-regard. If you have low levels of self-esteem or low levels of confidence, you are likely to fall prey when someone is using authority or speaks so well or uses fear. And uh, you are going to let that actually trigger your fear and then perform the, the tasks or the, the things that they want faster or more likely, even if you feel something is off. So healthy levels of self-esteem, self-regard, heightened emotional self-awareness. Yes, I feel fear because this is someone who seems to be working for an authority or who has authority and who can influence my job and who can complain about me. But ultimately, I accept this fear, I feel this fear, and I know that what I'm doing is in the highest and greatest good of the company because this is part of my job to make sure that I contribute to reducing data breaches and sales uh, on GM in this case against social engineering attacks. So you need to be able to communicate the vision and the why, what that they're going against the current, that they're pushing back and be able to hold it, to have that strength within them, is for a bigger purpose. It's not about them per se, it's about the, keeping the organization safe and social engineering proof. Self-regard, how do they view themselves? Uh, emotional self-awareness understand, articulate the emotions they feel, they will then feel it in less intensity, so they'll be able to think more clearly on the pressure, and assertiveness, the ability to push back. And then the other one is, when it comes to decision-making, is reality testing and impulse control. Often scammers, criminals, people who manipulate, create a sense of urgency, a sense of drama, so you can actually get hyped up and fearful about the worst case scenario so that you act in their desired outcome because it's less bad. This is what they want you to think. So your ability to reality testing, to separate what is your art or what your brain is making up based on the information you're perceiving and based on your past experiences, so your cognitive model, the belief system, and what is actually happening to take the time to verify the facts and to take a step back and breathe and, and understand what is happening is so important. And this requires the high levels of impulse control. Because if you have low levels of impulse control, meaning that, that when the emotions trigger in your response action, the delay is short. So you're going to react more than respond to the situation. 
and the speed is driving you, if fear is driving you, or if you want to please, and this is what we teach people in customer facing world, to please the client, to please the employees, to please, to give the service, then it's going to feel counterintuitive to not do it fast and now. Here you really need to train help desk employees, anyone who is a customer facing role, to find that balance, to give an epic customer experience, but not uh, uh, with the risk in compromising organizational safety. That can lead to data breaches and ransomware attack, as you've seen in other organizations as well. There are plenty of examples where social engineering was at the heart of the ransomware attack colonial pipeline as well a few years ago. So understand how to teach people these emotional firewall skills and in, in the map of the world, of the organization, of the employee, so they still achieve their outcome, but in a safe and secure way. And then I want to close off with leadership. Here is where leadership is so important because if you are managing or leading a team and they fear you or they are micromanaged, they are not necessarily going to pay attention to the red flag. They're not going to feel safe enough to come forward, but they're going to act in order not to provoke their manager or to please their manager or to do the minimum uh, required possible. So leadership is so important to create a culture of trust, of transparency, of authenticity, where you can actually have this dichotomy of emotions, because especially when you are in a customer-facing role, you need to build trust, you need to give that experience, the customer experience, but you also need to be vigilant. And you can do these in tandem without harming or without reducing, but rather, the customer experience. Leadership is very important. This is why I, like I said, my mission at TriFTQ is to also design customized social engineering scenario, true emotional intelligence, so emotional firewalls training, where I design scenarios in people's map of the world with three Benefits. The first benefit is at an organizational level. You communicate cyber resilience, you communicate cyber hygiene, you communicate cyber security, not in the language of system or tech, but in the language of people, in the language of your, of your culture, in the language of the vision. So it is understood why conserving, protecting the data is so important and specifically how it will advance the organization. But that is one part of the umbrella. When we go down to the leadership, you need a new kind of leadership that is strong and resilient and people-centric, again, to provide that safe space so people can become empowered against malicious social engineering attacks. When people try to manipulate you to steal data, because the more we invest in technology, which is important, again, it's not one or the other, you need the technology to reduce the human surface attack. And then we need people to make it even shorter, but we're not gonna turn everyone into cyber warriors. One article that discussed the MGM case saying that, we, that there needs to be more cybersecurity training for everyone. The problem is people are overly, are already overloaded. Their mental bandwidth is already 
competed for by so many different responsibilities. Now we have a very complex uh, discipline that is often still seen as dark, complicated. People don't want to uh, go in there and then add it to their day-to-day uh, -day, uh, struggles. It, it's not going to register in the way you want to register. So you need to be able to communicate it in their work. How can they do their job discipline in a way that is more secure? They don't need to know all the psychology behind it. They don't need to know all the cloud structure. They don't need to know all the connected notes or single points of failure. They need to know when I get a call and I know that I feel pressure, I know I feel stress, or I know I feel good about this person, I still follow protocol. It was agreed with my manager within the company because I'm aware that so many people are trying to scam. Trust is good, verify is better without feeling guilty, without feeling shame, without feeling sad that I'm doing a bad job. This is how you communicate it to the help desk, for example. And every function or every culture will be different. So this is my message for today when it comes to social engineering. It is a complex issue. It is a hard thing to tackle, but we don't have to make it harder than it is. You don't have to make it more complicated. You can integrate emotional intelligence within the current learning development programs, within the current talent management strategies, within the current uh, you know, coaching, leadership coaching programs, and, and protect organizations against data breaches and helps and elevate leadership to become strong, resilient, and people-centric and increase people's individual well-being because they learn about emotional firewalls, they learn how to protect themselves in the online world, and they also learn so much about themselves, which will increase their well-being because they know how to be able, be able to reduce stress, how to increase their performance at work. And this is all researched by so many experts and thought leaders. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We need to connect the different disciplines and make it work. This is what my mission is. I'm a, at heart a practitioner. I see what's out there. It has already been tested and validated. I have experience in the cybersecurity element. I know what the practical challenges are. And when we click it together, we can actually reduce the risk of falling victim to social engineering attacks. If you want to learn more about my work, reach out now they at EQ.com. I'm also having a series of three events that are preparedness, resilience, and readiness for cybersecurity awareness month, where I will demonstrate different social engineering scenarios from people's map of the world across different generations, different functions, so you better understand from a practical perspective how you can empower your team, your employees, and your culture against social engineering attacks. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the EQ Emotional Intelligence Elevator Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of emotional intelligence. To learn more about Thrive with EQ and Nadia's mission to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence, visit our website at thrivewitheq.com. You'll find a plethora of EQ leadership resources, tools, and services to help you and your organization thrive. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As always, keep thriving with EQ.